Blog Talk Radio. You are listening to Help for HD Live, the first podcast created for families living with Huntington's and juvenile Huntington's disease. Don't forget to find us on iTunes, Blog Talk, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. You can also search over 500 archived episodes and other projects at helpforhd.org. To watch us in person, find Help for HD TV on YouTube and subscribe and ring the bell for notifications on new content. Help for HD Live is going on air in 5, 4, 3, 2... Hello everyone and thanks so much for tuning in to Help for HD Live. This show is made possible because of a grant from Teva Pharmaceuticals and the Griffin Foundation. I'm your host, Lauren Holder, and today we are going to have on um, a researcher, Natalia Rocha, um, and we're going to be talking about um, some things that were discovered um, by evaluating the Enroll HD database. Um, So we'll be talking with Natalia about that. also wanted to point out that we've got some really cool things coming up in the HD community in May. Um, something that Jimmy Pollard brought uh, together and uh, put together and um, will be coming up in the first week of May. Um, so if you've got a tattoo for Huntington's, make sure to um, reach out and see about that event. Um, and <laughs> excuse me, I'm sorry. And other things um, going on for, for May um, for HD Awareness Month. Um, so now I'm going to bring in, uh, bring on Dr. Rosha, um, and we will be talking about her research. Natalia, thank you so much for joining me. Yes. Hi. Can you hear me? I can. Ah, that's great. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so much for for uh, inviting me for this uh, uh, podcast for this interview. Absolutely. I'm so glad you were able to come on. Um, let's start off with a bit of information about you. Why don't you tell a little bit about yourself? Okay, so my name is Natalia, as you mentioned. I'm Brazilian. Uh, I, I did, I'm a pharmacist. I have a master in uh, Alzheimer's disease, actually. Then I, I did a PhD in Parkinson's disease, uh, everything in Brazil. Uh, I spent one year in Belgium, in the Catholic University of Belgium, as part of my PhD, but working with Parkinson's. And in 2016, I came uh, to the U.S. to work at the University of Texas uh, in Houston. And I was in the Department of Psychiatry, but I always worked neurology. And I... I here at the, the University of Texas, I met uh, Dr. First Simi, who is a movement disorders specialist. She is the director of the Huntington's Clinic here. And she invited me to work with her with HD. And uh, that's how I started working with Huntington's. And uh, I'm currently a, an assistant professor in the Department of Neurology, but uh, in the Alzheimer's Center, but I keep working with Huntington's. I, I, it's something that I, I really enjoy doing, and I don't think I will stop. Oh, well, see, we love to hear that. We love to hear when people 
<laughs> when professionals and researchers become uh, passionate about Huntington's and, and don't want to stop, that's always good for us. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's great. It's different. Uh, I feel that uh, the, the HD community is like a family. Everybody is so engaged into research, into helping us. And believe me, uh, the, the, the HD community is amazing. They, they are always like ready to help, help, ready to come to do anything we ask. So it's it's amazing. I'm I'm really in love with this. Thank you. Um, so today we're going to talk about your research on sex differences in Huntington's and evaluating the Enroll HD database. So can you tell us a little bit yes. about that? Yes, yeah, sure. So uh, I was actually, uh, I was not the main investigator in this research. I was a collaborator. I, I was actually supervising a student. So uh, this is amazing because uh, the study was mainly performed by a, a student, a grad student. And I supervised her. Uh, we So we have this huge data set that I think the, all the, everybody that is into HD News know about it. That is Enroll HD, and uh, we. I I have previously worked with other research in, in with this data set. It's an amazing data set with very very precious information. Uh, so we worked with the uh, with the data set that had been released in 2018 because we now have a new one. Uh, which which co is called PDX5, but we for this specific project we work with the previous version, which is the PDX4, and we had uh, 50, more than 15,000 participants from all over the world. So these include um, uh, HD gene carriers, but also family members or people that are genotype negative. And uh, so we, we use, so this data set is very informative because it gives us information about HD gene carriers, very comprehensive information, and help us to describe the clinical phenotype of the disease and also to describe uh, clinical variables that can be associated with a specific symptom or any specific syndrome. and. Uh, is a longitudinal data set, so we, we can evaluate how symptoms evolve throughout time. And in this uh, specific project, we work uh, in this study difference between male and female uh, HD subjects. So we tried to assess if uh, men and women, if they present a different clinical phenotype, let's put like that, or if they have different symptoms and how they, they, these symptoms progress uh, throughout time. So basically, this is uh, the question we wanted to answer. If, uh, if uh, male and female HD gene carriers, they have a different uh, disease phenotype, let's put like that. And what did you find? Yes, so what we found, we have uh, several results, but the main result of this project is that uh, females, uh, they 
presented with worse symptoms, like motor symptoms, and also depressed uh, symptoms of depression. And uh, both male and female, they progressed. But throughout time, like the, the symptoms got worse for motor symptoms, okay? So the motor symptoms, as expected, they, they got, but females were always worse than males, even though they had the same age. So they were not older, but they had worse scores in, in, in the motor symptoms. Uh, the same, uh, a similar result uh, we found for uh, symptoms of depression, but symptoms of depression, they don't get worse throughout time. Actually, uh, they decrease a little bit. We don't know if uh, there are several explanations, like uh, maybe these the symptoms are not um, reported by, by, as the disease advanced. But anyway, they they increased throughout time, but females, again, were worse than males. We found also, uh, yeah, other results for cognitive symptoms and other behavioral symptoms, such as irritability and, and uh, apathy, that at some point females were worse than males, but the, the for motor symptoms and depression was very, very clear that females were consistently worse than males. That's, that's very interesting. And this is just, just going through the Enroll HD database and pulling that information. And um, is this something that you guys will try to look further into? Yes. So, uh, as I explained to you, this, is all, uh, this was a, uh, an analysis of the Enroll HD data set. We didn't evaluate any mechanism that could be associated with this difference. Uh, we don't know if it's some hormonal-related uh, mechanism. We don't know by now. Uh, so we may further evaluate this by performing other studies in which we can go into mechanisms. So there are several ways to do this. We can do this with animal models. Uh, of Huntington's disease, we can do this by evaluating um, peripheral blood or any other biological fluid um, in addition to, for example, MRIs and other, any biological data we can have from patients that can help us explain why uh, there are differences. But that, by now, what we can tell is that there are differences that are very clear in the in the enrolled HD database, and uh, in future, I think we should try to evaluate the mechanisms that are that are associated with these uh, differences. Absolutely, um, you know, I think it's very interesting that women tend to progress worse than um, not necessarily faster, it's just they have worse on Exactly. Them, statistically. Yeah. yeah, and it's yeah. not it's not faster. We observed this that the the rate of progression is very similar, but they are uh, always worse than men. Hmm. So what are and the research... you know for, for I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. What were you gonna say? Yeah, no I I was about to say that uh a lot of uh 
people, they argue that uh, women, they tend to report more symptoms, okay? So, for example, depression, even in the general population, we know that uh, the percentage of women with depression is much higher than men because uh, women tend to report more symptoms. Women tend to go to the doctor and uh, take care of the health like better than men. But in our case, it's not only depression, but also uh, the motor symptoms. And uh, in, the ca in case of motor symptoms, it's not a self-report measure. It's something that the physician needs to evaluate. So it's an objective measure. It's not mm -hmm. uh, related to uh, self-report or not. So it's very, uh, how can I say, it's a very strong, uh, like a very strong uh, uh, data that we have that women are worse than men. Yeah, that's very interesting. Um, and I would love to see, you know, what you guys come up with in order to study the why behind that um, at some point, um, you know, because that's fascinating. Yes. So what yes, other research are you, are you focusing on? Okay, so uh, about Huntington's disease, we have several other projects that are ongoing. So uh, we just published another study in which it's more mechanistic, uh, in which we evaluated uh, biological chains in the brain of people with a HD gene, and we were interested in, in, in studying inflammation in the brain or how inflammation can contribute to, to the disease progression. So we performed MRIs and PET scans, and also we collected blood to evaluate uh, inflammation in the peripheral blood. So this is one of the main, uh, my, my, one of the studies that I, I most dedicate myself to it because I, my my research interest is on uh, inflammation in in uh, neurological disorders. How inflammation can interfere with uh, neurological disorders. So we have this study in inflammation in Huntington's disease, but we also have others uh, that are more clinical. We have clinical trials. So for example, we have two small trials that is not uh, industry initiated. It's like a, Invest, we call it investigator initiated because we started with a trial was not sponsored by the industry. So we are mm -hmm. uh, testing uh, drugs that are FDA approved if they uh, can help improve symptoms of irritability and also sleep disorders in, uh, in HD. We also have another study in sleep disorders in HD. So there are multiple projects going on is something that uh, we are really, really uh, dedicated to do it. Now, with these other studies, are you, is this information that you're pulling from Enroll as well? Um, or is it no, for, starting no, 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 from, for this from the... Yeah, I'm sorry. It's a bit, uh, that is a small delay. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. No, I was just asking if it was coming from Enroll HD information or if it's coming, you know, basically you're having to start from the beginning. Uh, no, for these studies that I mentioned specifically, 
they are not from in HD, but we also have others um, or other studies on uh, that we are evaluating in HD data as well. For example, we have uh, at this moment we are trying to see uh, whether uh, patients or not trying to see, but trying to characterize patients at different DCLs. DCL is the diagnostic confidence level. So nowadays, the clinical diagnosis of Huntington's disease uh, requires uh, a DCL equal to four, meaning that the patient needs uh, to present with um, a motor disorder that is typical for Huntington's disease, meaning that if patients are DCL3, 2, one, they pre-manifest or prodromal HD. They are not considered manifest HD. Uh, this is a, a simple clinical classification, but sometimes can be a problem, for example, in clinical trials, that they will only recruit patients that are at the DCL4. And uh, as we know, Huntington's is much more than a movement disorder. So mm -hmm. what we're trying to show is that even patients in, uh, that are classified on other DCLs, for example, DCL3, DCL2, they also present with uh, some other symptoms like cognitive and behavioral symptoms. And uh, although currently they are not classified as manifest Huntington's disease because they do not have the, the motor disorder yet, but uh, they should be uh, may be recruited to, to clinical trials because they already present with uh, disease symptoms. And uh, yeah, the, uh, we have other other studies on enrolled HD. It's a very very uh, rich clinical data set, and there are several questions that we are trying to answer by uh, looking at uh, the data set. Well, all of that sounds fascinating, and um, you know, I'll be very interested to see as you guys continue to um, to evaluate the data from Enroll HD, what you guys come up with and find, like those things where you know symptoms, motor symptoms, and depression are worse in women compared to men, and all of that. Um, I, I think it's all very helpful information. Yeah, we now just to let you know, we now have one uh, study that is about to be published. It's not accepted yet, but we submitted. We already replied the reviewers, so I believe it's going to be published soon. Uh, it's also using Rollage data, but we uh, were interested in, in the clinical variables that could uh, explain depression and suicidal. Uh, behavior HD. So it's basically a study trying to see which other clinical variables can predict, for example, uh, a depression or can predict uh, suicidality. So I cannot ah. tell you the conclusions and all yeah, and exactly results because it has not been published yet. But as soon as it's, pub it's published, we can uh, discuss a little bit more about it. But it's, it was very interesting, like. Uh, trying to describe or to uh, show to other physicians uh, how a patient with suicidal thoughts or how a patient with depression is going to 
come to the clinic, uh, what are the other symptoms these patients will present, and what are the medical history that can help you predict that a patient can present or is at a higher risk of depression or, or suicidality. So, yeah, I, I was the, the first author of this study. It's going to be published soon. And, uh, as I told you, it's currently on the review. And uh, we also had one that ha uh, was published, I believe, 2018, uh, that is about psychosis in Huntington's disease. And uh, we also used the Enroll HD to evaluate predictors and clinical variables that can explain psychosis because we know that psychosis is not common at all. Uh, I would say around 5 to 8% of patients present with psychosis, but uh, it's a very can be a very severe condition. So because uh, Enroll HD is such a huge data set, we were able uh, to evaluate and apply. So in, this was very interesting because our engineer helped me to, to run the analysis. We, we performed a very sophisticated analysis to uh, link uh, other behavioral uh, symptoms to psychosis uh, in Huntington's disease. So we do have the, some past studies that were published or are about to be published, and we have studies that are ongoing, all uh, because we have this very, very important, very rich data set available. Yes, and I'm I'm really looking forward to the one that's about to be published. Um, I'll have to keep an eye out on that because I'm very interested in reading that and seeing um, what your conclusions were. So. Um, Thank you so much for coming on and talking about this and sharing your research with us. Thank you. Thank you so much, Lauren, for the invitation. And I really need to thank all the patients that and the families that dedicate their time uh, to participate in research, especially in HD is a very important uh, project. So keep helping us. We are here because we have the patients to help us. Absolutely. And we'll definitely continue to participate and help where we can, those of us that are able to. Um, for those listening, thank you so much uh, for joining us, and we hope that you have a great day. Take care. Bye. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to visit www.helpforhd.org and sign up for our email newsletter to stay up to date on all that is going on at Help for HD. Get social with us and like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, and subscribe to Help for HD TV on YouTube and ring the bell for notifications.